Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Hi, Celebration Church. Just want you to know we're celebrating you, celebrating what God has done through pastors Brandon and Krista and the team they've built here with their kids and and, and all of you, it's, this is amazing to see. And so I just want to say congratulations to the work that you've begun here and to see the fruit is just extraordinary. And I count it a privilege to stand here to speak to your congregation. I know this place, this part right here, this pulpit is a sacred thing and is not to be taken lightly. And so I know what it means to hand over your pulpit to someone else. So uh, he took the risk. And I also want to say to you who are here for the first time, I kind of want to apologize uh, up front, um, because if this does not go as you hoped, please come back and let the pastor actually speak into your life, okay? (laughs) Would you just agree with me that you'll give him a chance before you make your overall decision about being a part of Celebration Church, unless the answer is yes. But I want to take a moment to introduce my beautiful wife of 24 plus years. Heather Joe Holler is here. Can you stand up, babe? I mean, you came to church looking that good. Let them all look at you. And my daughter Madeline is here. Of course, she's part of Celebration now since Jonathan Huffman came and stole her from us. And uh, I have a son-in-law, old enough to have a son-in-law. Wow. And... So now we're just thinking grandbabies are not too far away. That's what we're very excited about. And then our son, John Dillon, is here, who is now about three inches taller than me. And so he looks down on me all the time. But, you know, there's something I tell him, you know, sometimes uh, boys, they're going to they're gonna challenge you from time to time. And so he'll walk up close to me and kind of look down on me just to let me know that he's taller. And so I just remind him, son, there's such a thing as man strength that you have not yet come into. So just back your little tall self up. And anyway, great to be here. I've got, I believe I have a word from God for you today, and I'm, I'm honored to be here. So let's go to Judges, the book of Judges, chapter 3. The book of Judges, chapter 3. If you're trying to find it in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Judges. <laughs> chapter 3. No, please don't follow those instructions. I'm so excited to be here. I feel, I feel a little bit like a, like a mosquito that just showed up at a nudist colony. <laughs> like, I'm real excited to be here. Just where do I start? <laughs> Judges, chapter 3. Verse 31. Have you found it? Judges chapter 3, verse 31. After him was Shamgar. Let's all say Shamgar. Now you kind of got to growl Shamgar. Come on, let's all say it together. Shamgar. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. Father, thank you for this time together and thank you for the truths from your word that we're going to discover today. Thank you that your word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. 
So we receive your word today. We open up our whole lives to it because, Lord, it is able to build us up and give us an inheritance. Thank you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shamgar, the son of Anath, he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. This is one of those verses that you can just kind of read over in, uh, and not really pay attention to. Shamgar is not a household name. Anybody here named Shamgar? Okay, I didn't think so. But there's a lot said in this one verse um, about him, particularly the last part of the verse that he delivered an entire nation, the entire nation of Israel. But all he gets is one verse. But wow, 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 what a massive impact he had just the same. I want to bring out from this passage of Scripture three successes of Shamgar. If you're taking notes, uh, I want you to write these down. If you're not, change your mind and write these down. It's going to help you, all right? Number one, start where you are. Start where you are. Number two, use what you have. Use what you have. And number three, do what you can. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Shamgar lived somewhere around 3,000 years ago. He was a farmer, and he saved an entire nation with an ox goad. An ox goad, if you're not familiar with that, it is a stick, basically, with a little piece of metal at the end of it, a sharp point. Or sometimes they would just whittle the end of the stick down if they, couldn't, if they didn't have a piece of metal. And that was used to motivate the oxen to keep moving if the ox should get stubborn while plowing. And he would prod the back of that leg with the ox goad. Shamgar took his farm tool. With his farm tool, he delivered Israel. He killed 600 Philistines. Not just any average person. These are trained up warriors. See, he saw that his family is under threat in this moment. His nation is being overtaken. And something came on him against those incredible odds. 600 to 1. 600 to 1, and Shamgar beat the odds. I don't know what kind of odds you're up against today in your life, whether that's financially or relationally, physically, whatever that might be. I don't know what kind of storm has blown into your life or is trying to blow into your life right now. But, you know, as a Christian, we are either coming out of trouble, we're in it, or we're going into it. Though you're in this world, you're not of this world. And Jesus said there's plenty of trouble in this world for you. But be of good cheer, because he's already overcome the world. So I don't know what those odds look like in your life, but, and you may feel very overwhelmed right now in this moment, but I came to tell you some really good news, that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And that's what the scripture tells us, and that's what we believe. Number one, start where you are. Turn to somebody and tell them, start where you are. Start where you are. That's what, the, that's what he did. Shamgar, he's not in a powerful position. He is, he, he's not at some famous university with, with prestige and, and, and influence. He's, he's, he doesn't have any big doors open to him at this time of his life. He's a farmer standing in a field. He's not affluent. He's not powerful. He's not popular. He's a farmer. 
with an ox goat in his hand. So he had to just start where he was. If you wait too long to decide what you're going to do with your life, you'll find out that you've already done it. You have to start where you are. Zechariah chapter 4 says this in the amplified version of the Bible. It says, who with reason despises the day of small beginnings? Who with reason despises the day of small beginnings? Many people are just waiting for that big break, you know? Um, or, or when that door opens, or they think, if somebody would just, when somebody notices me, when, if somebody would just invest in me, uh, when someone sees my talent, let me just tell you today, that's not the key to your success. The key to success is to start where you are. Right where you are. Not when things are better. Not if things were different. Not if you had somebody else, what somebody else has, but start where you are. Hey, you know, besides, it is devilishly easy to imagine yourself making a choice that would have taken you to a different place in your life. I should have married this person, or I shouldn't have married this person. I should have taken that job. I should have moved. God should just show me the lottery numbers. I should have blah, blah, blah. This is called shooting all over yourself. <laughs> Come on, tell someone next to you, tell them, don't shoot on yourself. All right, see, when you say it, you really get the negative meaning of this. It really comes to life. Don't should on yourself. Reflecting on your choices is key to your growth, no doubt about it. But you can't live your real life right now, life of faith, if you're also trying to live your should have life. You'll end up torturing yourself. Let me remind you today, your past it is not, it, it's, it's not a life sentence. It's a lesson. Amen. Amen. And you are where you are, so start where you are. Yeah. Let's look at the second thought here in this verse. He killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. This second component or the second success that we find from success secret that we find from Shamgar is to use what you have, to use what you have. His resources obviously are very limited, he's, but he's got attitude. And his attitude is, I may not be in a powerful position here. I may be outnumbered. I have no real weapons of war except just to stick with the point on the end of it. So I'm going to start where I am right here on my farm, in my field, and use what I've got. The enemy is invading, so I'm fighting right here. It starts right here. I've got this ox goad. Here we go. That's all he had. So don't trouble yourself or torture yourself with thinking, if I just had the resources, if I had enough money, then I could do this. I could really do something for God. It's easy for Pastor Brandon to do it because he's rich. If only... If, if only, if only, if only. But see, God has given you something. God's given you something. 
God's given you an ability. He's put something into your hand. You remember the story. I mean, Moses, who is by far the greatest figure in the Old Testament, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. He spent time on a mountain alone with God for 40 days, not eating or drinking anything. He actually saw God. Moses is the one who brought down the law of God down to the children of Israel. I mean, I could go on and on and talk about this great man, Moses, but everything started with a question that came to him. And the question that God proposed to Moses was, what is that in your hand? Moses didn't see what he had because it was every day. It was familiar. It was common. He didn't see that something wonderful, something supernatural, something miraculous could happen with what he already had. What is that in your hand, Moses? This? A stick? (laughs) You're interested in the stick? Of all the things you could ask me, God? What is that in my hand? Throw it on the ground. So Moses throws it on the ground, and when he threw it on the ground, the supernatural hit that stick, and it became a serpent. And it freaked Moses out. He ran away from it. And God said, Moses, pick that stick up now. Grab that serpent by the tail. So Moses reached down, grabbed the serpent by the tail, and it became a stick in his hand again. God was showing him, I can use what's in your hand, my family. He can use what you've got. He can use what's in your hand, but you've got to give it over to him. You have to take a moment to decide you're going to use what you got. You're going to use what's in your hand. See, the miracle is not in what you don't have. The miracle is in your hand. What do you have? Use what you've got. Later on, Moses would lift that very same stick out over, stretch it out over the Red Sea by God's command to do And when he did, the Red Sea parted in half. And the children of Israel walked across on dry land and were rescued forevermore from their enemy, Pharaoh and his army, and the oppression of Egypt. Extraordinary. It's not in what you don't have. It's in what you have. Say this with me. The miracle is in my hand. Say it again. The miracle is in my hand. An ox goad, I mean, anybody looking on this scene knows that Shamgar does not have a chance. But he took what he had and used what he had, and it became a lethal weapon of mass destruction. There was one of the greatest Marines in U.S. history by the name of Louis B. Puller. They called him Chesty. Anybody here ever heard of Chesty Puller? Chesty Puller. He is the most decorated Marine in U.S. history. As a matter of fact, he was awarded five Navy crosses. Five Navy crosses. You should just go look up what it takes to get a Navy cross. Chesty Puller, five of them. So revered by the Marine Corps that through many years, um, uh, the Marines, along with their bedtime prayer, they also say goodnight to Chesty. I have a friend who was in the Marines, and he said that's exactly what they did every night. They said their prayer, and they all said goodnight to Chesty Puller. Chesty Puller had basically one strategy to battle. Take the enemy out with undaunted aggression. He was hard to get along with as a result of that. He agitated many of his contemporaries. He had no time or use for 
anyone who didn't see things his way. But he accomplished great victories due to his unwavering tactics. Eradicate the enemy. That was it. Do not ease up on them when they retreat. Chase them down and take them out. So such was the case when the Korean War, during the Korean War, and one day Chesty and his men are in the fray of battle. Um, their enemies had begun to retreat. They had, they had wised up a bit on Chesty's tactics. And so they retreated on purpose and with the hopes that Chesty would do what he always did, which was pursue and pursue Chesty did. And they ran after him as, with his eyes on his fleeing enemies. Chesty didn't realize what was happening, though, on either side. The right flank collapsed, followed by his left flank. And now they find themselves completely surrounded by their foreign foes. When the Marines were cut off behind enemy lines, the army actually had written them off. The, the 1st Marine Division completely written them off as being lost because they were surrounded by 22 enemy divisions. Now, let me tell you, just get a little bit of perspective on what this 22 divisions means. An enemy division at that time was 16,500 men times 22 versus Chesty Puller and his men's one division, which was 12,500. So if we just kind of roughly guesstimate here, 363,000 versus 12,500. History records that Chesty Puller got on the radio and announced, and I quote, they are in front of us, they are behind us, and are, we are flanked in on both sides by an enemy that outnumbers us 29 to 1. They can't escape us now. <laughs> the 1st Marine Division made it out, inflicting the highest casualty ratio on an enemy in history, destroying seven entire enemy divisions in the process. If you will just use what you've got, God can do miracles with, with what you have. does not matter the odds. Listen to me. God is on your side. God is on your side. What does it matter? The odds. Say this with me. God plus me. Equals the, majority. equals the majority. Amen. Don't underestimate what you have and how it can be used to bring you success. Wow. What's in your hand? God has given you a dream. Every one of us have a dream in our hearts. Whether we choose to acknowledge that dream or not is another thing, but it is an inward picture of the future that we desire. Don't underestimate it. Don't act like it's not important. Don't pass it off as unspiritual because God is the giver. God is the giver of dreams. And when you read his word and, and you hear his good news about you, sometimes it can seem to be very far away from where you actually are. But it's not that far. As a matter of fact, it's in you. Jesus said the kingdom of God is in you. Some of you here are in a season right now where you know where you're going, but you, 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 you don't really understand where you are right now. Just keep following that dream on the inside. Just keep, just keep seeking the Lord. Keep praying. Keep in His Word. It, it doesn't matter really what it looks like because you know where you're going, so don't get discouraged by where you are. Amen. Use what you've got. And, and lastly, do what you can. 
Do what you can. Say that with me. Do what you can. Do what you can. Shamgar, he just did what he could. God, God, you know, God's not expecting you to do what you can't do. Only what you can do. So that takes some pressure off, doesn't it? You can pray. That's something you can do. Can all of us pray in here? Sure. You can pray. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. That's awesome. Let me ask you something. Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about your situation? Have you really put it in the Lord's hands? Prayer is not the minimal thing to do. It's actually a very powerful thing to do. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not talking about just any old prayer. I'm not talking about making sure you pray long enough. I, I can remember at one time that we, we, we were praying an hour a day. How many of you ever committed to praying an hour a day? Is that the longest hour of your life or what? You know, and, and, and by the time that prayer is over, come on, if we, if we set our... It's okay if I just get a little real with you here. You set, it, you set yourself to pray for an hour. You're going to watch that clock. You're going to be watching that clock, and it's going to be the longest hour. So you watch the clock, watch the clock. And then, you know, I kind of figured out something. By the time that hour is over, I, couldn't, I didn't really know who was happier, me or God. <laughs> if you, you know, to get some good disciplines in your life, that's one thing. If that's... That, the place you need to start, maybe start with five minutes, hey, and go from there. But it's not about praying long prayers. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked against that. Don't fill up with many words as the religious leaders of their time do because they think that they're going to be heard by their many words. It's not really the quantity of prayer. It's the quality of prayer that you're praying. And what makes a prayer quality is faith, is believing that what you're saying is going to happen. Isn't that beautiful? This, is, this isn't a roll of the dice. This isn't a rub of the rabbit's foot. This isn't a seven, come 11, come on, Jesus. No, 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 no. You've got greater assurances than that. Much greater. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, and to him who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. That's such good news. He also said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Don't you love the assurance of that? See, what, the, the problem with that is Jesus says these things, and he doesn't do what so many of us do. Well, obviously, he doesn't mean everything. Uh. I mean, not everybody gets their prayers answered after all. What, what do we start? We just start reasoning ourselves why, right out of that truth, why it can't happen, why it's not going to happen. But Jesus doesn't allow that. He, he, just, he just says these things and says, you going to believe this? Because it's this simple. Whatever things you desire. See, you can pray. You can pray. Believe you receive them and you will have them. Gordon Lindsay, who is the founder of Christ for the Nations Bible Institute, which I happen to believe is the greatest Bible school on planet Earth, and I have the privilege of teaching there. I'm teaching. Matter of fact, I've got young Weston Clark in my homiletics class right now. Every time I look out there, I go, there's Brandon. No, that's Weston. He said in a book that he wrote called Prayer That Moves Mountains, and I highly recommend you to read this book. It's a short read. He said something in there that stuck with me. He says, prayer doesn't make faith work. On the contrary, faith makes prayer work. Pray because you expect it to happen. Pray because you know God hears you. Hey, you can give. 
You can give. You know, everything, uh, there, there's, there's kind of three parts to people who come to church. There are those, who, the attending family is what we call them, the attending family, those who come. Then there's those called the serving family. They, they're putting their hands in the work. Aren't you grateful for those that are serving here today? You know, some of you've got kids, you've got babies, you know, being taken care of right now. So you can come in here and hear the word of God. What a cool thing that is. They got people greeting you at the doors. You got people serving coffee. You got people leading you in this Man, was this band awesome today or what? I mean, just leading you in the presence of God. They care about the music. They're putting their everything into it. And, and then you're obviously getting some great teaching here from Krista. And, <laughs> and Brandon's he's coming along. Oh. I mean, this is just awesome. But then there's, then there's the giving family. And the giving family is vital to the church because the giving family, if it wasn't for the giving family, there would be no attending family and there'd be no serving family. So I want to just encourage you. He didn't ask me to say this, so I'm a pastor too. I know what it takes. I want to encourage you. If you're not part of the giving family, become a part of the giving family. Contribute here. Give to this house. It will bring great blessing to your life. You can talk. You can speak. Say what God has said. Declare the promises of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in trying times, don't quit trying. See, regret looks back. Worry looks around, but faith always looks up. You're not finished when you fail. You're finished when you quit. Failure is quite the, quite the teacher. It's a good teacher. Failure, failure would teach you a few lessons. One being... Don't ever try that again. But failure can also teach you, try that again. Try that again. Start where you are. Use what you have. And do what you can. I hope this has encouraged you today. Blessed and honored to be with you. Father, thank you now. Thank you now for these truths. Thank you, Lord, for what you've taught us today by your word. And I've, Lord, I've done my part here, and I thank you for your grace upon me to do this. And now I thank you that you do what only you can do, where you search the hearts, you speak into lives, you build, you equip, you strengthen, you change us, you correct us, you encourage, encourage us, and you give us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and we thank you for that. Let this word go deep into our lives so that, God, we can live in its experience. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.